0: So hi,
1: Dor- Dorit. Welcome to today's session. Hi, Rina, Thank you. This is awesome. I'm so excited for the guest we have with us today. Yeah,
0: so let us talk um, to the audience but,
1: a little about fiery females. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm so excited. I was just going to jump in and, and say, it, say it right away. Um, fiery females is amazing. It's a few like-minded individuals with a diverse talent pool and a strong feminist mindset that came together um, to launch this initiative. And Fiery Females is an international initiative to help women to become and be, to choose the challenge and to learn and run the game. We Are in the course of our professional journeys came across women who know what they want to make a beginning to get in and then stop at a point. And those blocks can be both external and internal. And we intend to help women reach whatever they want to reach and cover the aspects of a woman's existence, professional relationships, parental, financially and self accusation. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Um, I'm Norwegian, so my English is not my first language and sometimes my tongue doesn't quite keep up. Um, Over to you, Rina. Would you like to introduce our special guest for today?
0: Yeah, we'll have subtitles on the video, so don't worry about the tongue as such. (laughs) I was just adding to whatever you add, we are strong, we are dedicated, we are committed and we have a lot of diverse talent going with us so we feel ready to take on anything that comes in the journey and let me introduce today's guest Rinku Bharadwaj has a brilliant corporate career of 20 years behind her she and I happened to quit our corporate careers at the same time in 2015 and we started our journey of entrepreneurship though in different directions so Rinku and I have been like two parallel lines. No, it's not, our experience is not identical, but it's very similar. And we have been moving together at the same time. So welcome, Rinku. Hi, great to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure is all mine. Rinku, I feel a special connect with you. Just because we quit our corporate careers at the same time. But before we take off on others, on the questions, would you like to tell the audience a little about yourself?
2: Sure. Um, It's a long story, uh, but I'll try and keep it crispier, as crisp as I can. Uh, So professionally, I have uh, an experience of about 23 years, 23 plus years, of which about two decades I've spent in corporate life. Uh, where I was um, heading operations, delivery, and global outsourcing model for Fortune 500 companies. I don't know when, I know when it started, but I don't know how it reached the point where it reached in 2015, uh, where I had to quit the job. Um, and uh, once I quit the job, those five years have been, I can just put it in a different bucket, a bucket full of challenges, excitement, wherein I was on my journey of self-discovery, um, totally lost, I'm sure it been, questions as we move forward we'll talk about that further but essentially I became an entrepreneur I'm a YouTuber I can say myself call myself today uh, things I'm doing that I never thought I would ever like never in my dreams I thought that I would be an entrepreneur on my own or I would be uh, you know so active on social media professionally like I never thought like that so today I'm uh, an entrepreneur running a consulting firm with another friend of mine by the name of Ping wherein we are uh, providing consulting services to small enterprises on strategy and visioning, using customer experience as the base. Uh, The other thing that I follow and I pursue uh, as a passion, as a profession, is coaching, wherein I coach uh, any individuals from teenagers, young kids, to uh, middle career, or even uh, womenpreneurs or business owners, Uh, wherein I help them drive excellence, uh, and we do it through mindset coaching. Using different skills and techniques that I've learned over time. And uh, I connect to that part of my profession more because that's something that comes from my own experience, because I know how it is to be stuck in life professionally. Um, so, my whole endeavor is to help people get out of this stuck up situation and help them get more clarity in terms of their private decisions. I think that's where I am today. Uh, personally, I'm a mother of two girls and have a husband, We're married for 25 years. Uh, but yeah, anything that I missed,
0: I don't know. <laughs> I have seen you weather many changes but if you have to mention that one thing which you see as a challenge, not a change, what would it be?
2: Good question, Rina. If it was a change, I would have said motherhood. That was the beginning of it. But as a challenge, um, I would say this is 2015 when I, one big one and the recent one. Of course, we all have challenges throughout our career or personal lives. But this is the recent one, uh, which I talk a lot about now, because this is the time when people are going through it. And I think I can be of a lot of help for people. Um, It's 2015 when I quit my job, Uh, because all I knew was going, getting up in the morning, telling to kids, home chores, um, getting ready for work, driving to work, coming back home, having my dinner, being with kids, and doing the same thing for 20 years that I knew. Um, So 2015 when I quit the job and I was at home 24 by 7 I think that was a big change and a challenge um, that it came with.
0: How exactly did you feel at that time like I would get up in the morning and just desperately want to dress up and go somewhere? What were the little things that annoyed you or gave you happiness that you have more freedom to do your own thing? What exactly was
2: happening in your mind at that point of time? Uh, so I would say it was a complete emotional... I, I was very hysterical. Like, to be honest, in the beginning, I was very excited because when I quit, I came out very determined, thinking that, oh, I've, I'll battle this world. I'll give myself this rest for a couple of weeks and then I'll go back uh, to my journey of corporate. I'll find another job, you know, uh, and had these big dreams. But in those two weeks, when I tried to make connect with people and I realized the reality was different, like it is not easy to get a job, especially at the level I was, at the age I was, the timings and the recession that we had in our industry, um, there were very limited opportunities that I came across. And I remember from that high point, I just dove back into that lowest of my point, where I was clueless, I was... uh, I felt very lonely, that's for sure. Like, it was a battle that you had to fight on your, on your own. Like, I had the whole family and everybody else supporting me. But I think emotionally, it was a roller coaster ride for me. Because at the outward, you are very bold and you are very strong and you know that you can deal with it. But inside, there's a whole different battle that you're running. Because, um, you know, I was living two personalities where I thought, yeah, I can deal with this no job situation. Like I being in a home. But then there was other side of it, which always questioned me and just said, how are you going to do it? Like, really, what do you know? What else do you know? So um, it, it, it was a whole mix of questioning my homemaking skills to whether I'll be accepted back, uh, fear of missing out, um, you know, all those FOMOs, YOLOs, you know, you only live once, all those kinds of uh, fears I was going through. Uh, but in the outside, everybody would see me confident and, you know, uh, you could see that, yeah, I could deal with it. But inside, I knew how it was because it's, it's a battle you have to fight alone because really, how much can somebody help you besides being positive support for you? Um, so there were a lot of mindsets and a lot of my own limiting beliefs that were coming into my, like, I had to deal with them on my own. Um, they were coming in my face and I had to recognize them and didn't know what to do with it. Um, So I went through a whole cycle of emotional um, grapples every moment. I uh, went through those modes of very excited, very confident phase to really lowest of my low confidence, being not acceptable, um, self-doubting my own skills and my uh, existence in the professional space. The biggest discovery I think for me was, um, after a lot of effort, was that I realized that my whole, uh, the biggest problem and the challenge for me was that my whole identity I had placed around my working life. That I'm a working person and I have a salary. You know, that paycheck, it seems, was my identity. And the moment I stopped getting that paycheck in my hand, I think I lost, it seems, my own self. I didn't know who was I. And, and I gave a lot of importance to that. And it took me a lot of time to get over that limiting you know limited belief of mine that my salary defines me or if i'm working people respect me um, so i think that was one whole emotional turmoil that i had to come out of like even going out for a coffee where i know i could afford because i have savings and i had my husband who's earning we are fairly taken care of uh, but for me to go out and just buy that cup of coffee on my own it was tough because it wasn't my my salary and I, in my mental situation i was Almost, So I stopped going out, I stopped meeting a lot of people. Um, then I'm sitting in a coffee shop with a friend who's working. I'm like, I wish I could afford a coffee. Well, it wasn't about affording a coffee. You could always afford a coffee, right? But in my mind, I was like, no, I, I don't deserve these luxuries anymore. So I stopped shopping, I stopped going out for coffees. I just myself in meeting out people and spending that money on myself. So a lot, lot of guilt about not being able to contribute financially. Um, so I think that was, so that was the uh, other side of me feeling myself as self-reliant and independent woman. I think when we think we are independent, we uh, give a lot of accountability on it to the earning part of it, which shouldn't be the case. But, you know, and that's why when the money part was taken away from it, I just felt flat. I, I lost my whole self. So I think that's how I was feeling initially um, for, for a long time, actually.
0: I guess it's not just about the skills and money. We are used to working with a team where we exercise some authority. And working alone is totally a different cup of tea. We do associate with a lot of people in the industry or outside. But at the same time, we realize our limitations that they are not reporting to us. So, Do you no. think that lack of authority mattered?
2: No. no. Not for me. See, I Well, I was working in a team where I had a team size of 500,000 plus people. Mm-hmm. And uh, people engagement was my biggest strength and also the part that I enjoyed most. Like, I still have contacts of people who are in my team. We're very fond of each other. We keep in touch. Uh, so, But authority was never... In, even in my leadership style, authority never came into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I missed... Uh, and it was more from me than from anybody else that I thought I was not part of the group anymore because I wasn't working. Um, so I am not. I couldn't identify myself anymore with that set of people. Um, but the other side to it is that when I would meet my colleagues, even if I would meet my peers or my reportees or anybody, my ex-colleagues. They would look at me as if I was this surprise package for them because they would see something which I wasn't able to see. Like, they would enjoy looking at me or they would envy my freedom or the stories I would tell them, you know, the kind of experiences I was having, the people I was meeting. Uh, But on the other side, while I was telling them all these happy stories about me, I was like, oh, they're so lucky. They have work to do. What are they cribbing about? Uh, But it took me, again, it took me a lot of time I went through a process where i understood that the whole mix of this identity that i had created for myself around this working situation and forgetting everything else like even the professional connections i had some of them were really really uh, at a level which were not professional they were really personal friendships but i was really uh, not giving them that level level of importance you know i was just i had not given them that value and i was just looking at them more professionally So while they were looking at me as if I've turned around my life, I was thinking, I don't know what they see here, but look, they have the salary to take home uh, and they're not happy about it. So what is bothering them really? Um, so I think that's something that I struggled with, but authority, I never did, um, but I, I know now why they think so. And I, I took a lot of time to connect with myself and introspecting and, you know, gave myself a lot of time to think through these things and questions
0: in retrospect, how do you see the experience? How has it changed you as an individual?
2: Listen, If if somebody says, would I have done the same thing? I wouldn't be a great person to say, yes, I would have quit still. No. I wouldn't have quit. Um, I would have maintained my salary. But a lot of learnings that I could have used now in my corporate life, um, if I go back then, I would not, I would change my decision. I would not quit. I would continue working, but with in a different way. Um, So in retrospect, I think uh, this experience has been learning, if I can say. Um, Gave me a lot of time to connect with myself. Um, I've been always curious in my life. I'd like to question things, but I never took time to really write down, think through. So there was a time when I was thinking, I don't have any skills because I was a delivery manager or delivery leader and we don't come with specialized skills so who's going to hire me so i remember writing down these 10 20 pages for two weeks wherein i wrote a lot of stuff that what i've been doing and then i took a day out to go back to those writings and i realized that there were some skills that i have that i could play on which is interpersonal skills which is handling ambiguity which is um client engagement my clients were always happy with me cross-cultural diversity that i had um you know so I think those leadership skills that I had, business excellence, competence that I had. So I took a note down. Uh, so from a point of thinking I don't have any skills, I could note down 10 skills. And uh, when I look back now, all those thoughts connect. Because today I'm an entrepreneur where all these skills are very critical. Um, so I'm a very good decision maker. Like I, I take my decisions quickly. so It helps in my entrepreneurial journey. Coaching came naturally to me. So I think that's something while I got myself certified, I got myself some additional skills in the process, but uh, the different people that I met, I think uh, the connection, the networking that I've done in these last five years, um, that was something which was really underrated when I was in a job. And we all do that. Like when we have this comfortable, cozy job with us, we underrate networking and we don't attempt, neither internal nor external. But I think in these uh, five years, I learned those lessons uh, of networking of how it is important to just connect with people without any expectations of taking help or offering help. Just just engaging with people outside of work and over and above work. I think that's very important. So I would say the experience has been uh, exciting. It has been very, very challenging. But learning, really a journey of self-discovery. I'm still exploring my new paths and I'm questioning what I'm doing today. Um, But as an individual, I think I've become more self-reliant. I think, like you said, I was used to working in team and I used to say that I can't work without a team. Like individual role contribution was not my forte, I used to think. But I've pretty much done a lot of independent working now in the last five years and I've learned a lot. Like I used to say I'm a strategist, I'm not an execution person. but now when you're on your own and working in your own team, you end up <laughs> creating your own work, doing your own thing. You have to execute, you have to strategize, you have to sell, you have to do everything yourself. So, so I think that's, that's my whole learning. So I think never say never is a, is a far strong, stronger belief now because whatever I said that I will never go on YouTube, I'm on YouTube now. I said, ah, I am not going on Instagram. I'm happy with my Facebook. I am on Instagram now. I can never be a businesswoman, I am a businesswoman. Um, I will never take coaching as a profession, but I am now starting to take it up as a profession. Um, I will not get along with women, I think that's another big part of it. I get along fairly well with women, and I have made a lot of women friends (laughs) uh, in these past five years who have really been great support. So one yourself, like Reena, and a couple of others that I'm working with. All my collabs have have been with uh, women. So yeah. And you are brilliant on instagram and youtube yeah i'm just
0: starting there <laughs> like to take the conversation ahead dorette
1: yes yeah. i i muted because i didn't want you guys to hear me giggling and and commenting and and just enjoying what reen was saying um i have a question for you You know I'm a hypnotherapist and a confidence coach and I deal with people every day practically that has um, issues with their critical voices inside or people uh, kind of breaking them down with with critical um, words and and like breaking their self-esteem. So my question to you is, what do you think is worse? Being pushed by the critical voices in your own mind or being criticized by people and and pushed by people around you? And and why is that, do you think that? See, voices
2: around, uh, and I had to go through a lot of stereotypes, they influence definitely your decision and your thinking and your, you know, what you're going through in that moment. But I think I would give a lot of credit to your internal voices. I think for me, my self-doubts—they were my own limiting beliefs—that uh, came in my way more than anything else. Um, you know, when we say that we are independent women and we know what we want to do in life, um, we deal with a lot of stereotypes. Like my—the biggest that—the biggest one that I had to hear from my loved ones, uh, not with any bad intention, was that why do you worry so much? You know, you have earned enough. Like, 20 years you've worked, you've got enough for you, you've had enough accomplishments. Why do you worry and why do you get so bogged about being financially independent anymore? Um, You can be a great mother now, like you have two girls, you can spend a lot of time with them. So that did make me stop or slow down my process of looking out for a job or looking out for avenues because that confused me. Um, but then more than that, I think somewhere deep down, I knew for myself, now don't don't go for these lead calls. You're not supposed to sell. You don't know how to sell, right? Um, I got so many opportunities in my first, second year. And like I said, people always saw skill in me. They would say, join us for and help us do business development. But it was my own voice which said, you're not a business development person, you're operations person. You know, I'm a people person, but I can't sell. And I remember sitting in a conversation where one of those collaborators was actually telling me that, no, uh, you have interpersonal skills. That's why you're more fit for sales. You have great communication. You should try. And I was like, no, 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 that's not for me. So I think I would say it's more to do about critical voices within me that came into play and stopped me from doing a lot more than I could have. Uh, But those are also the voices which will actually push you. I think that's where we have to focus on.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, That was really good. Um, I heard you mentioning your family, your wife, your husband and your two daughters. I often hear women complain when they start working from home that family and friends keep interrupting them and and you know you're at home why can't you help me out kind of a thing so when you first started working from home how did you establish that self uh, that time for yourself that that now i'm i'm working now you know don't do not disturb sign on the door and and all of that Yeah, yeah so uh I think culturally in India, we still don't have
2: houses where we can have a separate office. Like a lot of us manage. But in my house, like many others in India, we don't have soundproof windows. or special. So my little desk is in my bedroom. Um, but it's my bedroom. So I, me, so we were three of us. My elder daughter is studying abroad, so she was not here. But my husband has occupied a certain portion of the house. Uh, he works from there. My younger daughter, she manages her school from her room. One room we have, it's the entertainment section where we go watch TV or we have lunch together or dinner together. Uh, But this particular room where I have attached toilet, I have my own table, that's for me. Uh, So I think it wasn't as much of a struggle from, again, my family members because they were okay uh, in terms of giving me that space. Uh, But what challenged me was my own um, attempt to say that I can work from home and I could also manage all household chores. So I can do everything myself. And that came in my uh, way because I was taking too much on myself. And that's where I think we had a conversation between me my husband my daughter, and then all of us distributed our duties. And that's how I think. So I would say, uh, whenever I come into my room, if I have to do a recording and I don't want any disturbance, I do tell them that, you know, I'm going in for an hour. I need my cup of tea. <laughs> so my husband will make a cup of tea for me. That help I get, Um, but then nobody comes in. So we keep that much of, but I think it's a small house, small family. So we manage it, but yeah, managing house chores and then uh, doing this there I had, my family had to push me to participate for them to participate and help me out.
1: So they helped me out. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing Riku. Rinku. Do you have any more questions Rina? Yeah
0: all that you have said so far are all those tiny, small aspects of change. So what would be your advice Mm -hmm. to women who are undergoing a transition of any kind? Not necessarily a career change, but women have to change locations because their husband has changed jobs or for some other reason, or they have taken a break off for motherhood, or recently during the lockdown, people shifted locations for a number of reasons. What
2: would you advise yeah. them in short? Because it's not easy to cope up with change. No, not at all. So one is, uh, I think, take the time out to listen and listen to yourself and see, I think it, it, it's important to document your, I've now I've started doing that. So list down your challenges. What is that fear or that challenge that you are foreseeing? And identify those challenges and work through those challenges that you're seeing. Figure out what are the actions. Uh, what you can do to overcome those challenges. If you say you cannot um, come out of those answers yourself, go for support. Your family and friends, you have enough people around you who can help you and support you. But the most important thing is ask for help. I think for any change, as big as small it can be, uh, we kind of defer it because we don't ask for help and we say, okay, we can manage. And there comes a point when it goes, overboard and then it becomes really difficult to manage it so I think don't let it go to a point if you see a risk is foreseen and you know that that risk is something that is difficult for you to manage family friend support is very much required so don't shy away from that ask, ask for help go for a coach I would say I took a coaching help um, I hired a coach for three months who helped me in my initial period to get some clarity in terms of what I wanted to do um, so I think that's very important Asking
0: for help. Do you have something else
1: to ask? I just want to go on a more personal note and and just ask you, um, what did you enjoy most or find most um, um, enjoyable from the past week? What was the best thing that happened to you this past week? Okay. Uh, knowing the conditions
2: in country right now with COVID being very close to family and everything else it was very tough and I have uh, this back shoulder pain which is bothering me in last week but still I managed to deliver on my deadlines that I had set for myself so my deliverables went on time that was the best thing and I convinced my younger one to start doodling she was not finding it finding anything to spend her time with <clears throat> so I said go ahead start some doing so she managed and she listened so that's a big achievement i think that's a good thing that happened
1: awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. wonderful uh, it was really inspiring and wonderful to hear um, your story rinku and uh, i Thank really you so wish much. you the best on your um, continuous success um i'm definitely following you on instagram and uh, youtube so I um, encourage people to to get on that and see what you can do because your videos is just awesome. So thank you so much for joining us thank today. So really inspiring. Thank you, Rina. Thank you, Dorit. Thank you. Thank you, Rinko. Thank you. Pleasure was all mine.